It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined as always by my two co-hosts, Carson Ray. Hey everybody, it is a great day to talk about some X-Wing. And John McDermott. Hello, hello. And this week we're doing another entry in our Essential Starfighter series, uh, this time focusing in on a Separatist ship, uh, the Hyena-class droid bomber. Yeah, we hadn't hit on the Separatist faction yet, and this is also a ship type we haven't hit yet in our Central Starfighter series, so this was a uh, a good merging of topics. And this will, I think, close off kind of the first cycle of them, because now we've hit every faction and we've hit every ship type, so we can start a new cycle next time. Did that work out perfectly, that there's seven ship types and seven factions? Yeah, like it, it seems like it's on purpose, right? Even though I know we kind of identified the, the ship type thing, it feels too perfect, right? It was uh, very network calculated. Ugh, Good so segue. <laughs> uh, so this week we're going to talk about the Hyena class droid bomber. Um, what makes it interesting as an ordnance ship? And um, this one's actually kind of special too. It's got a lot of really cool features and a lot of really cool pilots. So I think there's a lot to talk about. So we should get right to it. So as we covered in our essential ship type series from back in the day, uh, we identified that there are seven main ship types in X-Wing, and uh, the one we're talking about today is the ordnance ship type. If you want to listen to an episode wholly dedicated to the whole ordnance ship type and give you kind of a full summary, you can check out episode 218 of Radio TCX. Um, but we'll give you kind of a brief overview here of what an ordnance ship is before we dive into the hyena-class droid bomber specifically. Right, so ordnance... You know, besides just being kind of a weird word to spell, uh, well, this is really relating to secondary weapons. And so in Ordnance Carrier, that's going to be a ship that's going to rely on using those secondary weapons uh, to really boost its offensive output. And unlike some other ship types here, this um, characteristic, and there's a number of characteristics to the ship, but this one really does define it. Like this is clearly the topmost um, identifying element of what an ordnance ship is. There's some other commonalities, but if it's not doing most of its damage through secondary weapons, it's probably not an ordnance ship. And when we're talking about secondary weapons in terms of this ship type, we're talking primarily about the torpedo, missile, and device slots. Yeah, and, and there's there's space there, too, for turrets, so I, I, I think that wouldn't rule it out, but I think you'll see in most of the examples we pulled up in episode 218 is that they were usually usually using one of those three types of weapons. Right, so like weapons that have charges, so you have kind of a limited use, um, you know, things that blow up, right? So you're using your missiles, your torpedoes, your bombs. Uh, but then also these ships pretty commonly have uh, that reload action. Yeah, so it's like there's a couple action types. Obviously, all ordnance ships have the lock action because so many um, munition weapons depend on that. But also, most ships that have the reload action are probably ordnance ships, at least if they have it built in. Um, we've got some examples now, of like the B-Wing now, that can get it through configs and whatnot. Right, because a lot of ships can take these secondary weapons. Like A lot of light fighters have access to missile slots, um, but you know the big difference between... A vulture with a missile and a hyena with a missile is the hyena can reload it. 
you also see the difference in like agility as well. So most ordnance ships have low to mid level agility, you know, one or two green dice, but they have the trade off of mid to high hit points. So the hyena specifically that we're talking about today has five hull. You know, that's pretty common. You'll see maybe four hull with a shield or, you know, multiple hull with a couple shields, but generally higher hit points on these ordnance ships. And they also, uh, to compensate for usually their high damage output with their secondary weapons and usually the high point totals, they have a pretty limited maneuverability. So these are not typically ships that are going to be dodging a lot of arcs. They are going to take some damage, which is why you usually have the pretty okay hit point total because they're going to have to be able to take a few shots in order to have enough time to you know, deliver their payload. But that's our brief summary of what an ordnance ship is, though. There's a lot to the hyena-class droid bomber, which I guess we can just call the hyena here for uh, simplicity's sake, um, that make it stand out from other ordnance ships. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, it follows that separatist trend of very cheap, efficient options. Uh, This is the least expensive ordnance ship in the game right now. The kind of low-end initiative one hyena, the Techno Union bomber, is only 25 points. Uh, It's not the most inexpensive ship that can carry a secondary weapon but it is the least expensive ordnance ship is the vulture the cheapest ship that can carry a secondary <laughs> weapon i i'm pretty i think it is it uh, could be the m3a too might be the m3a either i man we should have looked that up no Again, vulture's got to be cheaper than m3a m3a is not 20 points right yeah no not even close. there's no way okay yeah so that has to be but yeah i mean 25 points though for a dedicated ordnance carrier and this one's got five hit points compared to the three hit points on the um uh vulture um, that's that's a bit of a step up, honestly. Yeah, it really is. And you can't underestimate that two agility. Like It'll keep that five health ship around longer than you'd like it to. Well, right, and we're not going to dedicate this episode to talking about how great ne- network calculations is. Like It is amazing, and that's really going to add to the survivability of this ship because this ship paired up with other hyenas is great. This ship paired up with vultures is great because they also have network calculations. So even just being able to share those calculate tokens from ship to ship means the ship a lot survives a lot longer. Right. It allows you to, you know, boost the value of that to agility, making it uh, pretty durable with those five hit points and, and two green dice. Uh, it also gives you a great way to get some uh, double modified attacks. And so, you know, as an ordnance ship with access to network calculations, well, you can take that lock action and then use um, your friendly uh, calculate tokens to, you know, improve that attack of that torpedo or missile. Right. Cause that's a, pretty common issue for low initiative ordnance ships where it's hard for them to get double mods because that takes a lot of setup and since they're moving so early um, they might not be able to get the lock they need early on so to set up a lock and then some sort of either focus or calculate modification gets pretty tricky so a lot of those lower lower initiative ordnance carriers will just get the lock and then uh, unload their payload and hope that's enough modification so having quick access with network calculations to be able to get the lock and then also have at least a calculate to modify it with is going to increase your damage output a lot and that's helpful for these guys too because you know we talked a little bit earlier about the different munition types these guys have uh, access to the torpedo missile and device slots and some of the different pilots actually have inconsistent upgrade bars but for the most part they all have access to one of those three things maybe even two of those things Um, So having that option to be double modded comes in handy when you want to get off that proton torpedo or cluster missile or whatever it is you're upgrading them with. 
Yeah, I mean, these are probably, right, they have to be the most irregular action bar in the game from pilot to pilot. I remember when uh, the information first came out when they were launching, and we saw how different the action bars were. I, like, it, it couldn't even fathom that action bars would be that different, because beforehand, usually what we had seen was maybe one or maybe a talent slot or four slot or whatever would be the one fluctuating slot. Um, we had never seen things dramatically where where it like loses all its torpedo and missile slots for something else or gains a sensor, all the kind of wild stuff we see with the hyena. I like where that fits thematically with the faction, though, because, you know, the Separatist is kind of strength in numbers over uh, quality, but to see some specialized options, it's just kind of fun. Well, I think it kind of, um, since this is obviously one of the newest factions in the game, kind of helped them fill out the roles they have, because obviously they have access to far fewer ships than some like the core original three factions, or even some of the um, uh, sequel trilogy factions. Um, so this helped them fill out. So like you can use a hyena that's a support ship, you can use one that's a dedicated device dropper, you can use one that's you know there for missiles or torpedoes. Um, so it helps fill out the faction a little bit more, um, just using a single ship. And now, Carson, we'll, uh, you can take over here and explain for... I'll give you five to ten minutes to talk about why landing struts are great. Um, well, moving's hard, and so what if you didn't and just got to spin around? <laughs> That's a good trick. Cool. <laughs> no, landing struts, obviously, just like grappling struts over on the Vulture, uh, being able to land on an asteroid or debris cloud and not move uh, has a well-established, powerful mechanic, maybe broken mechanic, um, we don't need to spend a lot of time talking about the virtues. We've we've done an, enough of that on this podcast. You know, if you're the one doing the struts, it's really fun. <laughs> That's true. Winning is fun. And then very similarly to the Vulture as well, uh, none of the pilots for the ship have access to the talent slot. So that's not uncommon in the Separatist faction. You see the Vulture and the Tri-Fighter are also in that camp, but uh, it's always interesting to see like even some of the higher initiative options not have access to that. So it, it's funny though because I feel like um, the uniqueness of like the limited pilots for the ship don't feel any less unique though um, by not having the talent slot. Like right. there's so much personality in their ship abilities and their um, upgrade bars that like they don't really need that to feel like they're special special ships. Okay, our are droids in Star Wars living? This, so I had to explain to the the other day to Carson why droids couldn't use the Force, and I was kind of shocked that he didn't he didn't understand that. Um, okay, but like Mass Effect just got relaunched, and and like one of the big arguments in that game is are are, are these synthetic creations alive, right? And and I feel like the droids in Star Wars feel like more alive than a lot of other sci-fi uh worlds and now we're just going to get into like a classic star wars debate here um i think the main distinction carson is not to say that the droids aren't alive it's that they're not organic and i think the force is very organic in its nature okay tim someone needs to do a a mass effect replay (laughs) i've take take the dive and we'll we'll recircle back to this in a few months okay (laughs) i'll just pause and we'll finish this episode later well if i to do a mass effect replay i'd have to play it through the first time yes okay so do (laughs) that i have to play mass effect twice great okay i've got a lot of free time so this will be awesome perfect I'm pretty sure you only ever actually see Force users understand droids in that entire like series, though. Like, I'm just no saying... One, no one else speaks binary, apparently, just Force users? Cool. <laughs> like, can't you just pour some metachlorians in there and give them the Force? Like, right. what's, what's stopping that? 
like some like an oil change, but it's just midichlorians in concentrated volumes. In two, right? Like, guys, that's what you could make the most powerful Jedi. Mandalorian season three. I'm telling you, that's going to be the main the main arc. All right, let's look at some of these non-organic pilots here. <laughs> these these droid pilots in the hyena. All right, should we uh, should we start with the most standout ones um, that kind of violate the ship type, or should we work our way from the bottom up? Should we start with the? Uh... Let's go bottom up. We don't do that very often. Well, I think the Techno Union bomber is the most standout one here, and that is true in a lot of ways. Well, okay, and kind of a brief overview of the hyena pilots. There's a lot of generics, and like each one of them is kind of different. It, the two bombers are maybe kind of similar, but you have four sort of generics. And they all are, fill pretty unique roles. Yeah, so obviously on the low end for that paltry 25 points right now, you have the Techno Union Bomber. Uh, obviously no ship ability there. And the more or less, I guess you call it the standard upgrade bar, but so many of these are different. It's got torpedo, missile, device, modification, and config. Um, and this is kind of like your stock hyena. This is the one when you're just trying to go bare bones, minimum, minimum loadout. This is the guy. Or if you're trying to make room for some big fire sprays or something, you know, take a cheap Techno Union Bomber. Which, let's be honest, if you're a Separatist player right now, you should be making room for some good fire sprays. Two of them. No bombers, two <laughs> fire sprays. But yeah, this is a really good ship. Uh, at Initiative 1, it's also a good blocker. It's going to be around a while without 5 hull. And then, of course, it can drop devices out the back and potentially hit somebody, you know, with a mine or with a bomb. Uh, just a good option, good cheap filler that you can put some stuff on without, you know, dumping too much into it. Right. I mean, ordnance is expensive. It adds up. Um, and these guys do have a lot of slots and you can, you know, fill multiple of their slots, um, especially if you don't, you know, spend too much on the pilot. And so the Techno Union Bomber is pretty great there. Yeah. And you can do some cool stuff to you. Since they have that uh, barrel roll action linked into a red target lock, you can kind of use the Techno Bomber both as a blocker and as an ordnance carrier where you barrel roll to trigger the block and then get the target lock to shoot at a different target. Um, like that's a that's a pretty powerful feeling moment if you can make that happen. Where you deny someone an action and a shot on you and then still unload your ordnance. Right. And that lets you set up those devices pretty well for future turns. Looking at the next option here, this one's cool. So this one's also an initiative one, kind of a pseudo generic, I guess. Uh, the Bactoid prototype is 28 points. Uh, it is limited to two. And this is the first one that's got kind of the irregular upgrade bar. So it, tr it trades out the device and the torpedo slots for an extra missile slot and a sensor slot. Yeah, and you know you do get some extra text with the Bactoid. So you get the ship ability or pilot ability, I guess. Um, while you perform a special attack, if a friendly ship with network calculations has a lock of the defender, then you can ignore the focus, calculate, or lock requirement of that attack. So, you know, just kind of super network with your locks, enabling um, you to fire those special weapons. And with the Bactoid, that's just going to be missiles. So you have two missile slots, and then that sensor slot, which is, I Big distinction. That's why you're going to pay three more points for the Bactoid prototype. Well, and having the double missile slot, too, gives you access to some of the double missile ordnance that the ship otherwise couldn't get. Yeah, so with that double missile slot, you can either take the multi-missile pods or the diamond boron missiles. Both are great choices that are pretty affordable. You know, you could look at, oh, um, barrage rockets. Those are decent. 
uh, but they do have that focus requirement. And so, you know, with this being a droid pilot, well, you're not really going to get that focus action. And yes, you could set it up with that ship ability, but I think it's good to have one that you can do on its own, you know, if need be. This guy with that sensor slot is a really good candidate for the passive sensors um, sensor upgrade. You know, having the opportunity to either take that target lock or that calculate action, you know, at a low initiative when you've got other ships that have, you know, that network calculations ability, um, kind of picking or choosing which option you want uh, is really, really good, especially with that double missile slot. Well, and I think you hit it there where that passive sensors, you know, it's great because it can set up those locks for low initiative ordinance, but it's particularly great with the separatists because, okay, if you don't take that lock, well, you get a calculate token. And that's something that separatists are like, oh, awesome, a calculate token. I can use this for so many great things. <laughs> right. They get an extra perk. Uh, and so it's like, it's all win there with the passive sensors on the Bactoid. And so it's like, you're looking at that three point difference between the techno union and the Bactoid. If I can get some passive sensors, a lot of times that, that can be pretty worth it. That's the passive sensors tax because it's such a good upgrade. Uh, moving up the moving up the line here though in initiatives you do have the separatist bomber coming in also for twenty eight points this one's at initiative three uh, and you know this one same loadout as the techno union bomber you've got torpedo missile device modification and config um, this one I feel like is kind of a medical ship here where in most cases I'll go for the techno union bomber but if I'm in an environment where that initiative three is going to have a meaningful impact on uh, my matchups um, I'll pay those extra points there so I can deliver my ordinance at a higher initiative. Right, and and I like also that is just a great way to compare the value of the Bactoid, you know, to the base hyena. Where here, you know, two more initiative is the same price point, but we get that better upgrade bar and pilot ability. Um, and and you do see separatist bombers see play. Um, you know, a lot of times that initiative boost is relative. If that means your ships get to live long enough to, you know, have their substantial attack or um, knock some initiative one or initiative two ships off the table, you know, with their heavy attacks, that can often be worth that little price bump. For just one more point, you can move up to the Initiative 3 Bombardment Drone. Uh, this one is limited to three, but also has kind of a pilot text. If you would drop a device, you may launch that device instead using the same template. This guy has the modified upgrade bar as well, um, has a sensor slot similar to the Bactoid prototype, but switches out its missile slots for two device slots. Right. So you're going to be using that sensor for something a little different there, uh, maybe a trajectory simulator, and then just doubling down on the devices, all the bombs. Right, because if you're going to you know, spend the points to get a trajectory simulator to launch those bombs way ahead of you, um, you want to have enough devices there so that you can use it you know, most turns and just you know, throw a slew of devices at your opponent as if they were missiles or torpedoes. Well, and I think here's where we want to bring up the hyena style. You have a lot of great options. Um, it's just as far as maneuverability, but you know, when you're just doing a launch, even if you're just launching a bomb like one forward or two forward, um, you know, just using that, uh, pilot ability there if you do like a one turn or two turn and then barrel roll back that's a pretty great way to get out of the area there i actually like the sound of these guys with um, trajectory simulator and the new thermal detonators and just laying out an absolute field of devices that are going to blow up and do some damage right they're great with um, some landing struts you know park on a rock and just like spin around and just launch out some bombs 
Yeah, so, and this is fun, too. With I, I really do like the thermal detonators here, John, because my understanding of the rules right now is you could use the ability on the bombardment drone to um, use your thermal detonators, which require you, if you're going to drop two, you use the one and the two template to drop them. Um, I'm pretty sure you could drop one behind you and then launch one forward to cover even more area. Yeah, and then you wouldn't even need trajectory simulator. Right, it's built, it's built right in, in a fun mm-hmm. way, and then just cover a massive area and uh, let your opponent try to avoid that. Right, so a little bit pricier for the generics on this, but man, does that provide some pretty uh, terrifying options for your opponent to have to deal with. Now, as we get to these last two pilots here, things get a a lot weirder. So we already saw some variation in what the ships do at the lower initiatives, but up here, uh, these ships do dramatically different things. Um, So looking at DBS-32C, the ship rolls in right now at 40 points and has the pilot ability. At the start of the engagement phase, you may spend one Calculate token to perform a coordinate action. You cannot coordinate to ships that do not have the Network Calculations ship ability. Yeah, and it also loses its reload action, but gains a red jam action. And then it also has a different um, upgrade bar. So we have a sensor slot. That's cool. Modification configuration. But then, wow, tactical relay. So this is the only hyena that has access to the tactical relay. This guy's just all over the place, but there's so many cool things you can do. You know, if you've got him in a squad with some other vultures or other hyenas, like being able to do that coordinate to those ships and being able to jam and just all the different things you can do. Uh, There's some weird but interesting utility with this guy. And while 32C isn't like the cheapest tactical relay that you could bring, it is one of the more useful ones because I think it's ship, you know, a tactical relay being a support ship, then having the 32C ability reinforce that with a support ability, I think makes him a little more useful. And he's cheaper, you know, compared to the higher initiative like Belbel Abs, which are going to be a little more expensive than he is. Well, and it's also one that does have the network calculation ship ability. Right. So, you know, taking your Belba Lab to get that tactical relay, you know, sometimes that's fine. Um, but that's a ship that doesn't, you know, support your fleet in its ability to, you know, pass around calculate tokens. Whereas DBS 32C uh, does really support your network swarm. And then we get down to the last pilot here, who we actually uh, we spent a lot of time talking about during our episode on uh, drawback abilities. But DBS 404 comes in at a very low cost of 30 points with a really fun ability. You can perform primary attacks at range 0. While you perform an attack at attack range 0 to 1, you must roll one additional die. If the attack hits, you suffer one critical damage. I'm pretty sure in a recent episode we covered how doing damage to yourself is pretty bad. Um, I think it's hilarious on this ship. (laughs) Well, and it's like, in so many cases, we've seen on other upgrade cards where you take damage as a cost, but the cost comes before you see the effect. So it's like suffer a damage to change a result to a hit or something, right? Um, This is one where uh, you only suffer the damage after you succeed, right? So the cost comes after, but it requires that you at least did something. Yeah, and I don't know, generally one critical damage on your hyena is worth whatever extra damage you deal to your opponent. Like, yes, DBS-404 is slightly more expensive than a lot of your other generics, but it's such a cool pilot ability, you know, throw that on a advanced proton torpedo and just annihilate something. I mean, and this thing comes in at a base cost of 30 points, which I think there's a reasonable argument that you could include this ship as like a single piece uh, complement piece. It's very aggressive. So you just roll in there, 
throw it out in front and try and get a really powerful attack off early on. That's great. It'll draw some attention away from the other 170 points in your squad. Um, also, if you like really want to focus on it, you could throw some, uh, you know, you could throw an advanced proton torpedo or something on there. Um, I wouldn't recommend investing too many points in the ship because it's still, you know, just five hit points. Yes. Throw an advanced proton torpedo <laughs> on 404. What are you doing? It's so great. I mean, just one charge. And I think uh, advanced protons only like five points right now. That's pretty, pretty solid. Cheap. Yeah. He's still cheaper than the DBS 32C at its base cost. I, this guy doesn't need any upgrades. He's fine. He's fine as Just he is. Just throw, throw him in there. I wish he could take Intimidation because that would be gross and funny, <laughs> but like, good thing he can't because then it might be too busted. But I think you're insane if you take DBS 404 and don't put any munition on there. E- like either a Proton Rocket or Advanced Proton Torpedoes. Like You're here to roll six attack dice <laughs> at your opponent and melt things. Uh, like, it's only primary attacks, Carson. No, it's not. You perform oh, right. the primary, primary attacks at range attacks zero, at zero. but right. at range zero to one, it's any yep, weapon, you're right. right? Yep. Yeah. And so that's how you get that six dice advanced proton torpedo. And then, you know, you use your buddy's calculate token to, to really give that a double modified six uh, attack dice attack. You know, for a ship called the hyena, it seems appropriate that at least one of the pilots would make me chuckle. all right so now that we've talked about uh all the special features of the hyena oh i think one thing we didn't talk about though was actually it has a really good dial like its dial is kind of an exception for an ordnance ship because it's got i think it's got it's got a, a four white straight and three white hard turns which are awesome well you know it's just the separatist take on an ordnance ship right so it's going to be the cheapest and probably have the most blue maneuvers and linked actions <laughs> it's fine it's fine uh but let's talk a little bit about what role the hyena serves so um it, and because of the diverse selection of pilots it can serve a couple different roles um at those more generic level or the limited lower initiative ships it works as a great swarm ordnance piece um, so this is one that you can either fly a bunch of hyenas with ordnance or have a couple hyenas uh, complement maybe a vulture swarm so they can all share in that networked calculation joy. Yeah, I mean, they also just kind of fill these like niche roles for your list. So you can, you know, take DVS-32C, get that tactical relay carrier, have, you know, just a one-off bomber uh, or include DVS-404 for just one ship that's going to hit really hard and kind of make your opponent maneuver and perhaps a way to avoid that threat. Um, it kind of just gives you a little bit more diversity to your swarm. And as we always like to uh, end these episodes by looking at some examples that you could fly in your squads, we have a couple builds here you could try out with the Hyena class droid bomber. So an interesting way you could take um, the Techno Union bomber is, well, really make it a bomber and not really use any uh, traditional missiles or torpedoes, but use you know Discord missiles, which is kind of like a bomb uh, that goes out the front and, and sticks to somebody and is real pleasant um and then have some thermal detonators for multiple um bombings behind you and then some landing struts to just park on a rock spin around and launch whatever any direction you could also if you really want to invest in your dbs 404 you can always throw landing struts on there the independent calculations card so this would be in a case where you know you want to complement this and you're not depending on other ships with network calculations and then advanced proton torpedoes so you can have something that can work on its own and has a lot of bite because if you get into range one you can drop that six attack die torpedo Carson was talking about earlier 
You could also go the slightly more supportive route. Um, also, just that generic Techno Union bomber. You can put any missile on it if you want to. Don't have to. Um, include the landing struts, but then have that Dark One probe droid upgraded so you can throw that out there early and give your other ships the opportunity to get some target locks, which is always good when you have ships with munitions on them. Yeah, I think that one's like a great one that slots into like any separatist list. You know, just just get some locks. Um, have those probe droids move around and get your whole team some target locks. And we've barely scratched the surface here on all the different uh, ways you could load out your hyena. It has actually uh, got one of the more more diverse selection of uh, pilots and upgrade bar combos that you can see out there. So a lot of ways to fill out your separatist, separatist squad. Let us know what your favorite is. Uh, how do you load out your hyena? You can let us know on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio TCX. Yeah, I think there's just like so many great hyena builds. Like I think this is just one of the most fun ships to list build with. It's got so many cool options. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, please go on to facebook.com slash Radio TCX and like our Facebook page. Please consider going on iTunes and leaving the show a five-star review, saying what you liked and why you think other people should listen. And if you want to support the show directly, please consider going on to patreon.com slash Radio TCX and become a supporter of the show today. It really means so much to us. And thank you to everyone who's already supported the show. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week.